1: Uh, good morning good morning good morning we are going live on all social channels those of you that are joining us welcome and uh cannot believe it we are so well into august it's frightening so this year is zooming by very quickly uh, a lot of volatility in the i'm mean, gonna I say the economy what's going on um whether you believe there are shortages or it's staged all of it is uh, people who don't want to work all of this is affecting our economy Um, even more reason for you to make sure your financial baselines are set. So uh, I think we are live on all channels. Those of you that are out here, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, In the chat, really quick, I'd like you to just put in where you are all uh, dialing in from. So uh, go ahead and put in the chat. Hi, everyone. There we go. See the Caribbean out here. Who else is out here today? We have a whole group of people joining us. Hi, Jason from Austin, Texas. So as you guys are joining, we're also live on channels. Uh, We are going to take this live also into a podcast. So Laurel's Real Money Talks, if you have not subscribed and joined, we had our 100th broadcast just a few weeks ago. Super exciting. Uh, July was a big month. We relaunched my uh, YouTube channel. We uh, relaunched our podcast. So Steve, if you want to put links to the podcast and the YouTube channel, uh, we would love to have you uh, watch every day. We go live on YouTube with some new content. I just, uh, shot 20 new content videos. And then once a week we go live on a podcast. So those of you that are watching, we are going to call this our financial checkup and make this into a podcast as well. So Laurel Real Money Talks is a podcast about making money, keeping money, investing money. I always have this thing handy dandy, right? It is the matrix. Uh, how do you become a millionaire in making money, keeping money, investing it? Your financial infrastructure is one of the most critical things that you do. Those of you in the chat, if you are incorporated, um, we're going to do a little quiz, right? And those of you that are listening from other channels, if you're on a social platform, you can actually uh, put that into the chat. If you're listening from the podcast, you can go to asklorel.com, answer any of these questions. Is, um, are your, bookkeep, is, is your bookkeeping up to date? Yes or no? Right, that's just a simple one. So yes or no in the chat, is your bookkeeping up to date? P&Ls, balance sheets. All right, we see a little mixed bag out here. Need to get those up to date. That's the obvious, the P&Ls and balance sheets. Ideally, you're putting them into uh, Quicken, QuickBooks, some financial uh, software. And if you have an entity, is are your entities up to date or do you need to get one? So just put yes in what you have. You have an LLC, an S-Corp, C-Corp, if you're calling in from other parts, whether it's a partnership, limited proprietary, what do you have? Is it up to date or do you still need one? I would say a lot of you probably need a checkup on your compliance document, which I have a, my partner, Scott Arden, who will be talking about that today on the financial checkup of your entities, and then all your entities should be held in trust so you don't end up in probate. So how many yes or no um, have a trust? Um, I'm talking a simple uh, revocable, right, just to keep you out of probate. Yes or no, do you have one? So Scott, there's your shopping list of who needs help right now. <laughs> And then to do generational wealth, if you really want to super fund, as well as just create a bank for yourself, Jason Henderson uh, is here with Insurity Solutions. And how many of you have your life insurance up to date, yes or no? I like, uh, somebody said yes, no, yes, no. So again, we got a lot of yeses and nos on entities, trust and insurance. Those are the three we're really gonna look at today. Um, obviously bookkeeping needs to stay up to date on a regular basis. And uh, let's go a little different direction. Those of you who file taxes, the way we teach you to file taxes, your 2020 taxes will be coming in September and October. I'll have uh, some tax strategists out to talk to you about that. So um, yeah, we file taxes coming up where we don't do it early and we're going to really encourage you that our clients from even an acceleration coaching, 100K or all the way to the big table. You start shifting and doing extensions and filing taxes when we file to September and October, not in April with uh, the herd of people that do. Let them all get that out of the way, and then we use the brains and strategies to get it done September and October. But today, I want to do a financial checkup on entities, trusts, and insurance. So to mix it up a little bit, I think I'll start with Scott on entities, and then Jason go to you on insurance, and then back to you, Scott, for trust. So um, talk just from a checkup standpoint, um, you know, why they need the financial vehicle number one. Why they need it. Um, what does it take to get it set up, and then how they can uh, set up a time to do a checkup with you.
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately, why they would need the entity structure is liability protection. Uh, you want to be able to insulate all of the other investments and and what you've you know what you've acquired personally. Uh, from any liabilities that affect your business. In addition to that, uh, all the tax deductions that corporations and LLCs are afforded. You know, as a sole proprietor, you're only afforded about 15 to 30 different write-offs. So very limited, you know, the use of a corporation or LLC, making sure that it's taxed appropriately. Uh, If you're an active business or a passive business, that kind of comes into play. Um, So, you know, uh, again, That's, that's, that's why we would want to use them. A corporation or an LLC is afforded upward of 233 to 305 different write-offs. So, you know, again, allow yourself more use of the money up front, which ultimately results in paying a lot less in taxes on the back end. (laughs) What was the other thing that you wanted me to cover? So, Oh, what it takes to set one up.
1: (laughs) So before you go there though, so you said there's about two, there's, you know, that it ranges between what 280 300. I mean, there's deductions that are immediate, right? So, talk a little bit about that versus the 81,000 page tax code. So, a lot of you I've heard, i've had that question actually before is when Scott said there's hundreds. I mean, we're talking about the direct ones and clarify you know, I'll, I'll help clarify you help clarify for those who, who are thinking, well, there's 81,000 pages, shouldn't there be more? There are more, but these those are, I'd say, more the nuances. The one Scott's talking about yeah. is. You know, how do you write off your phone, your computer, your home office? Uh, how do
2: you pay your kids pay and write it off through the business, right? <laughs> how do you write off your car? How do you write off every, it, pretty much everything that uh, you know that that the business or you know would be uh, investing in or or expensing out? Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, and I think for some of you, resolutions are the things that are going to go into your big corporate binder. So one yeah. of the things Scott also can do, so maybe talk a little bit about from a financial checkup standpoint, corporate compliance. So resolutions are what you're going to put you know next to your operating agreement or your articles of incorporation. You're going to put them next to those documents. Tax deductions are what also what you know Weldon or whoever you're using for your taxes is doing as a deductions on your tax return. So they're hand in hand and they're different. So I just wanted to make some clarification on that. So right. talk about. Compliance, Scott, um, and how critical it is. So those of you that said yes, are you sure that you're in corporate compliance? I can promise you if you're an active entrepreneur and investor, it's it's a constant, you know, it's constant activity in keeping corporate compliance and keeping things up to date.
2: Well, definitely. You know, I hear it a lot that, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I do my annual meetings. Well, the annual meetings are great. That's kind of the forecast of what you either you plan on doing over the course of the next 12 months or, you know, sometimes people are catching up what they've done over the last year. But usually in annual meetings, again, that is the discussion. These are the things that we plan on doing. We're going to make some investments. We might hire a new CPA this year. We might get a company loan or a company credit card, things like that. That's the discussion. That's the forecast of what you're going to do. However, the law states that a resolution, the permission slip, needs to be written on or about the day in which that decision is made. So your annual meeting might be in, let's just say September, but you might not get a company credit card until the first of the year, or you might not retain a new accountant until the first first of the year. So the decision or the, the, the discussion is happening, let's say in September, but when we hire or enter into contract with an accountant or what have you, that's when the resolution needs to be made. So there are corresponding documents that need to happen throughout the life of the business, because essentially what you're doing is not only giving the company a voice and a thought process to defend itself, should it ever be audited in a contract dispute, mediation, arbitration, or worse, a lawsuit, we've got to give the company substance. That's what gives substance. That's what proves the, uh, the distinct separation between you and the business. See, most uh, intent of revenue agents or, uh, or uh, litigators is to prove alter ego. And how they prove alter ego is if you're not treating the company as a separate company, meaning giving it a voice and a thought process, why should they treat it as a separate company? They're going to set it aside and they're going to talk directly to you. So it's imperative that we maintain the documents throughout the year, not just catch up. And if, if you haven't done it, don't worry. We can help reconstruct. It's not backdating records it's, it's reconstruction based upon recollection, which is 100% permissible in courts, the federal government, and the like.
1: Yeah. And to set them up and get a financial checkup uh, with you, what do they need to do?
2: <coughs> they can reach out to my office. Uh, best, best way to reach, uh, reach the office is dialing 775-384-8124. Uh, speak with Melissa. She will set up a time for us to talk, and uh, we can evaluate where you're at within the business and what steps might need to be taken next.
1: Yep, yep. So let's jump over to uh, anything else on the entities. Maybe you want to put that in the chat. Put some information uh, with Melissa and her phone number into the chat. Those yep. of you if you're coming from Facebook, go ahead and repeat it again for our Facebook. LinkedIn, Twitter, all our other social platforms are probably hearing it in audio while watching this on Facebook Live. So you can read it here, but put it in the chat here on our Zoom. And those of you on social platforms, I mean, come on over here to Zoom someday so we can actually see your beautiful face and we can interact with you personally inside the chat. But go ahead, Scott. Perfect.
2: Perfect. So, yeah, again, that number, 775-384-8124. And again, speak with Melissa Guerrero. She is. She will be answering the phone and scheduling time for us to talk one on one.
1: Perfect. 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 All right. So uh, again, really critical. Cannot you'll. I, um, you're going to hear us ramp this up. I mean, this is actually a little early in the year, but August, September, uh, for those of you filing taxes the way we're telling you to do it and uh, advising uh, that timing, uh, you're really preparing right now for September and October, which is the filing for 2020. As well, start looking at what you are doing. We have a lot of folks who started businesses this year, still didn't get incorporated. You'll lose 2021 if you don't have your entity set up by December 31st at midnight. Before the the clock strikes one, (laughs) 12.01, you have to be done or you will lose the entire opportunity to write off and do the significant write-off we talked about. In 2021, so really important to do a financial checkup, and uh, even if you say, "Well, I don't I feel like doing it today," Scott will give you the real parameters on what your timing right. is, how long it takes. Um, COVID, obviously, I don't know. I mean, actually, I haven't even asked you this in a long time, Scott. How far behind are the states? I mean, they were already behind before COVID, <laughs> and with COVID, I mean, they got pummeled. So, are they even barely caught up, or are they just kind no. of? It's not
2: really, I mean, the states themselves, there was a little bit of a delay because most states have, you know, you have the ability to log into your own portal. So we, you know, we have our own portal that we can log into in all 50 states. However, it's when it comes to getting a federal tax ID number, you know, if something glitches on the application online, The next step is you have to fax or mail in the application for the EIN and the response time on that is currently nine to 12 weeks. If, and that's at a good that's on a good day so 9 to 12 weeks now here's the thing when we, the federal tax id number is a very critical thing because that's what enables you to open bank accounts get you know company credit cards to be able to enter into contract, things like that it, it's a very critical thing so we don't want to wait until the 11th hour 59th minute to try and take advantage of deductions uh, by you know forming a corporation at the end of the year we want to start strategizing now building up to the end of the year, or in this case, we have our fiscal years coming up. Most people are on their calendar. So we've got a little bit of planning time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's really important. And so um, I'm actually okay. We're this far uh, out from the end of the year and just a big reminder to pace in. And uh, right now it's just a good time for a financial checkup. Uh, Just like you do on a regular basis with us on our gap analysis, where are you, what do you want? And continue to create that motivation. I know sometimes in these kind of environments, Uh, it gets uh, frustrating you down. So uh, our goal and job is to keep you moving forward in the right direction. Now we'll switch gears, get a little different uh, take on life insurance, not death insurance, which is term. Uh, Most of you will outlive those kind of policies. So it's an interesting uh, use of money. Uh, We wouldn't uh, highly encourage it. So Jason Henderson is here to talk about some of the life insurance checkup that we want you to have. And again, He will give you his information so you can call and schedule an appointment and uh, do a checkup on where you are, what you need. For some of you, it could be a first-time conversation, um, but let's do some planning on when that's going to get in place. Jason, welcome.
3: Hey, great. Thanks. You know, many of us, uh, when we come to this group, we're attempting to not live in a world of scarcity, and we want to move and have more abundance in our life. Um, Truly, we need maybe a six by eight room, some water coming in there, uh, maybe a commode, a toilet, and a bed. That's all you need. So why do you want a big house? Why do you want a car? Why do you want this? And when we're talking about insurance, I saw a lot of people say, yes, they have insurance. Most likely they have the death insurance that, that you will outlive and it's renting something. It's something that's going to go away and it's all that you need. It's a scarcity thinking. What we're talking about here is we want to take you to an abundant side and say when you start understanding this kind of insurance this contract that we're putting in place you start to say how much of this can i get i personally have 12 different policies and i have as much as i can and each year i review it i look at it and figure out ways to get more for the fact is i have cash and ability to use things outside the irs radar screen the cash that I have there, no one can get to other than, let's say, in a divorce, um, no lawsuit, judgment, or anything against me. Um, and I can then use that as a backing or backstop to all the investments that I do, everything. And so I, and from that point of view, I want to have as much as I can possibly get. Yep. Um, Laurel said death insurance. Again, that's one benefit and one benefit only. When we're talking about life insurance this type of life insurance, when you, let's say we're able to take the contract that we're talking about, we take it to a contract lawyer who specializes in contracts. He would say that the contract that we would design has more in common with the bank that you would find on the downtown corner of your city than it would with a death benefit. And that's why it's the ability for you to own and control and operate your own banking system financing system to where you finance everything that you purchase in your life whether it's you may not want to worry about your starbucks or your uh, birthday cake on a stick thing or you know a trip or a huge investment right you finance all of those and some on some of them you may not want to be concerned about others you want to be concerned about how you finance an investment is going to make the investment even better
1: yep so what he's saying, just so you all know, I mean, it's uh, you You described it yesterday as, you know, water goes through a generator. It's it's where you're putting your money through because it's a protective vehicle. So you still would have entities uh, that would hold assets and then they would be held essentially inside of a life insurance policy that would fund your trust. So the way to kind of think about the layering, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, is you know, the entity, the insurance and the trust. Um and, and in a lot of cases, also, it may be set up depending on, you know, your counsel, entity insurance, and then the trust, which, allow, you know, make sure that you, if the trust covers everything so you don't end up in probate. Uh, Marlon, one of our partners, wasn't able to join us today, but he has quite a family story of uh, what had taken 34 years, I believe, to untangle a complete disaster because there wasn't a trust defined well, and it ended up in probate. Um, many of, you know, Justin, uh, who does a lot of real estate for the community, uh, had to buy his entire life back out of probate because the entities never had his name on it. Um, so there's a lot of just little things, especially those of you in partnerships would make sure you get through uh, corporate compliance. The other thing to talk to Jason about with regarding partnerships is keeping life insurance, um, with your partnership. So there's, there's quite a, a checklist that you think maybe in your mind, you don't need this checkup because you're good. Uh, I think you should always be looking back at experts and having them review what you have uh, a different perspective expanded perspective on what you could do with the vehicles that you have any so Jason, how do you. Uh, how do they well, get I wanted them? to speak
3: real quick to the, the fact that you want to have a checkup every year. Yeah. Let's say that you've been a part of the community and, and you're listening to Laurel Reasoner books and doing things as a natural result of that you're going to become more wealthy. And as you become more wealthy, your desire for more insurance and more ability to hide uh, money from the IRS increases every year. And so you want to be constantly going back and talking about that. And when it comes to trusts and insurance, uh, it's hand in glove, man. It's they're, they're together. You don't want one without the other, in my opinion. They, they, they should work hand in glove to get to where you want to be. One of them being passing on generational wealth, protecting what you have now. So that's why she's see Laurel saying this, now's the time to start doing an upgrade. So we can make things sure happens happen before the end of the year. So you're all set for 2021. And guess what? Next year about this time, we're gonna have the same message. It's time to review your entities. It's time to review your insurance and make sure that you have as much as you actually want and have the kind of protection you want. It's not about what you need. It's about what you want, right? I want the huge house, not the six by eight room with the bed and the toilet.
1: <laughs> that sounds a little like jail, but it's okay.
3: Yeah, <laughs> three square meals a day
1: though. People do live there. Um, so really important, uh, what's the phone number, Jason? If you wanna just say that out loud for those on social channels? Sure. I people to get a uh, you.
3: 435 764 1451. We'll say it again 435 764 1451.
1: Thank you. Go ahead and put that in the chat. Uh, Reach out, get an appointment, get on uh, Jason's books so you can do a review. And uh, even yesterday, I was in Salt Lake uh, with him talking, and uh, I'm going to uh, get on his books for my children to get their insurance policies. uh, up and running and set up. So yes, talk about, actually um, do talk about kids. I don't think, I know, I mean, it's one of the things that I haven't done and I've done dang near everything in this finance space for my kids. Um, that's not one that had a lot of priority early on. Um, I, I, I know now, but it needs a bigger priority. So speak to the parents out there and uh, why their kids probably need to get um policies too.
3: But the way these policies are designed, just in the engineering, they become more efficient in making money and generating cash every year they are in place. So like Marlon showed at the the big table before waiting just one year in his scenario, um, costing something like $18,000 difference, even though he was not doing that kind of premium. Each year it becomes better and better and better. So you want to have it in place. So parents, when you get it on your kids, you're actually doing something for your children for the whole life. And you're doing something for your grandchildren that don't even exist yet. It's something that's truly intergenerational.
1: Perfect. And again, so when you make appointments, how much time do they need? Um, actually, I'll come back, uh, Scott, to you as well. How much time per, per person, per appointment will they need? So say a family of four you want to review you know, the the two adults and the two kids, how much time do they going to need to book for a review and or a new policy conversation?
2: For me, it would be about an hour to truly build a baseline of what's in place, what kind of, you know, structures, how they've been interconnected, what have you. Um, You know, if children are involved, are they contracted to the parents' business? So we have to really look at the overall picture, not just the business and, you know, look at the investments, the the coaching business they might have, or the retail shop they might have, take it all into account. Um, So again, usually 45 minutes to about an hour will give me a pretty good understanding to be able to offer some different ideas to consider in tweaking, you know, the strategy, you know, enhancing some of the documentation that needs
3: to go in place, things like that.
1: And Jason, how long for you? I'd say
3: similar, maybe half hour to, to an hour. It, it would all depend on, I would want to see what you have now. It's yeah. not my purpose to say, hey, you're an idiot for whatever you had. No, you made the best decision you had with the information you had at the time. I want to see what you have and then coach you, so to speak. Um, we could repurpose this or you've done a good job here. We need to tweak this. And so... Um, we can make the time shorter together when maybe you'd submit an in-force illustration of all your policies to me. I can s- spend some time when I'm not in front of you uh, going through and getting understanding what that the contract is saying and then come to you. And instead of getting the information real time, already have some of that information, be educated about where you're at and be able to speak intelligently to you. And then it'd be a shorter time. So that's what'd be closer to the half hour. You want to do more like with Scott's some of what I do is not as much intensive as Scott does, and so I wouldn't need as much time to go back and forth. The illustration, the enforced illustration is gonna tell me, tell me a big a part of what's been going on.
1: So let's now move to the trust, right? So we've talked about the entities, you need to review on your entities to make sure you are getting set. Um, and again, the other part of these checkups is, again, think gap analysis. Where are you, just like Jason said, you know, even if you have, you know, what we call death insurance, term insurance, you know, where are you now and what are your goals? What do you want? And it's a little different perspective when you're looking at your companies and your growth. You know, some of you, you're ramping up your cash machines. You're going to make more and more money. Uh, You're going to need more investment uh, entities. So you'll be also doing goal setting. So we uh, will come back and do at least an annual review. If not for some of you, uh, it'll be quarterly reviews or twice a year with Scott and Jason uh, in all those categories. So uh, you'll spend some time on the entities and then you know, we're, we call it boxes and arrows, right? Scott will lay out what yep. your organization chart of your wealth. Uh, Jason will look it up from an insurance standpoint. So notice that it's integrated, it's layered and then it needs to be held in trust and uh, those documents put together. So what's great about our team's different than your team. So a lot of folks, I mean, think about it. Some of you, you're the individual with no support around you. You have a Jason, you have a Scott, and probably in Scott's case, we actually, he does the trust conversation too. Um, and then we source to the lawyers that you'll talk to, but he's at least the, the pivotal point to make sure things stay connected. My concern for a lot of you is you may have these three experts in your and on your wealth team now. Are they connected? Are the documents integrated? Uh, are the, you know, the, the dots connected? And we find a lot of people you, you say you have these things, but are they really connected? And the unfortunate thing is, usually a tragic incident has to happen, and then legally all these documents come out, and the insurance wasn't really held in the trust properly. The entities weren't held; they weren't funded properly into the trust. So this is part of that checkup—is just you know making sure I'm in the middle of my own checkup. I got you know two extra people working on a huge checkup that we're doing. Um, it's critical. So Scott and Els talked about the trust part of this. And then again we'll give your contact information all of you get checkup appointments that's uh, we're just encouraging you to get a checkup on uh, these areas today yeah definitely
2: okay so yeah so the trust conversation you know everybody who has beneficiaries and you want those assets to go directly to the beneficiaries The only way to bypass the probate process is by utilizing a living trust. Now, a living will, I hear this a lot of the time, You know, I've got the will, I've got the last will and testament in place, I've got those things in place. Well, that's great. We've created a quasi estate planning vehicle. However, if we do not have a comprehensive estate plan in place, all of those documents are still gonna go into the probate courts for a review and analysis for the courts to make the determination if they agree with that, uh, that, that written will, if you will, or if they need to determine a different course for the estate. So again, the only way to bypass the, uh, the probate process is having the living trust. Now, again, there may be individuals out there that have a living trust. However, I've spoken with a lot of individuals and I asked them the, the very next question is, when was the last time it was reviewed? you know well, oh well it's been 3 or 4 years ago well okay great what kind of assets what kind of new businesses do you have in place and have those actually been put into the trust if your estate were to go into the probate courts and they look at the current documents versus assets that you have now are you are they going to match so it's a it's a critical factor of doing a review every at least every 2 years on a living trust to make sure that all of the assets that have been acquired are actually in the entities first the entities are then tied into the living trust and you know a copy or a cross reference of those documents you know we may have a stock certificate on or an LLC certificate that's made out to a trust but if it's not recognized up at the trust level that entity remains out of the estate, which means it's going to go through probate. So it's critical to do a review of the overall picture at least every two, at a minimum of two years. You know, I I recommend earlier, if like Jason said, you're active in the community and you're making different investments, things are changing constantly. We need to be reevaluating this all the time. So yeah, absolutely
1: critical. So um, again, put your information in the chat. Scott, verbally say it out there for those that are listening. This will also go in our Millionaires in Training Facebook group as an ongoing video. And uh, those of you that add on the podcast, uh, you can take advantage of these financial checkups as well. We work in other countries. So uh, go to asklaural.com. A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L. There is information there where you, there's a box where you put in your information uh, your name, your phone number, email. You can make, uh, ask a question, make a request, and just say, you know, uh, I want to get a hold of Scott or Jason to do an entity insurance and trust makeover. Um, two different, actually three different companies, two different gentlemen who will do the initial checkups and uh, get you helped. And if it's not one of them, we will refer you to uh, someone in your country because we have a few of you calling in uh, internationally. We have an international following. So if you're out on the podcast, again, go to askloyal.com for any of those questions or requests. Uh, Anything else, gentlemen, Um, you know, we could do big scare tactics and scare stories. You know, this, and the reason I say that is, you know, it's easy to just run past these checkups, you know, because it's the mundane part of the business and the lifestyle that we teach you. But this is yours. This is, this is a core piece of your generational wealth that if it's not set, uh, it's not going to happen. So you got to take the time. you got to put this in a block of time. It's going to take a few hours to do, uh, minimum once a year, if not twice a year. And the more active and bigger your estate is growing, the more frequent you need to do it. So anything you two also want to say to kind of wrap up this conversation of a financial checkup with the folks that are out here?
3: You touched on it for just a minute about the team. Um, I want you to know that we're – that's really – truly what it is. Sometimes you go out there and you might find an agent like myself or someone like Scott. that uh, They have their own way of doing things and they can kind of butt heads and go against each other. And in that process, someone like Scott would do one thing that may not be as advantageous for something I do or vice versa. In this scenario, we have Scott and I are CI and I. I. We're working together and largely we have this mean person, Laurel, that makes us do it. No, it really, we're, on, we're operating with Laurel, right? I mean, and she wants it. She wants it done the correct way. And when either one of us got out of our lane, that would not be a good thing, not only for us but for you as well. So, I truly is. There's a team, and it, and that's rare. It is. You need those people. Your your entity person, your trust person, your insurance person, your accountant, to be able to be speaking and understanding each other's philosophy and going all in the same direction. That's best advantageous for you.
1: Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. Scott, anything I else? Would,
3: I,
2: yeah, I would have to say the same thing. It's really all about the team. We all communicate together. We all, you know, um, yeah, I mean, we all, we, yeah, we all communicate together on a consistent basis and mastermind, you know, to, to discuss various different clients to see, okay, what's going to make the most sense? What did you talk about? What did, and then how do we bring that together as the combined, co- you know, the collective, if you will. So I just say, yeah, I echo definitely. It's all about having the right team and, you know, knowing that those, those team members actually talk with one another.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, we call it a gap analysis. Uh, financial checkup is the, uh, You know, what you're really doing is where are you today? What do you want? And then what are the steps uh, in the next quarter, uh, half year and year to get those steps done? Uh, Clearly, those of you also in the tax structure, you'll get ready for September and October. In the meantime, uh, connect with these two gentlemen and get your get on their calendar and go through those reviews and at least commit by the end of the year to have all of this set up. So you move into 2022 really ready. I mean, your financial infrastructure will be so solid and so set for the next level of growth, the next chapter. So thank you both, appreciate you both uh, partners being out there and uh, we're gonna switch gears now. Um, You are both welcome to stay. We're gonna do a few Ask Laurel questions. Steve dug up a few questions. We have so many questions that go through Ask Laurel. We have a team here in the office uh, that we uh, get them out to as frequently as we can, but it just keeps going. So Steve, why don't we do a few Ask Laurel questions uh, for everyone uh, before we wrap today?
4: Yep, absolutely. So I I have a few questions that are going to, to be the focus for today's theme. And I have Terry here who asks, I have a 401k from an old employer uh, that I need to roll over. Where or what is a good option and how should I go about doing that?
1: Hmm, can you say that one more time?
4: I have a 401k from an old employer that I need to roll over. And the question is where, um, where, and when is a good time um, to do that?
1: Well, I'm going to say immediately, you both can jump in. Um, I would self direct as quick as you can. Uh, it's amazing how many employees have 401ks from the past and they don't think it's a lot of money. So, you know, they don't bring them together. I mean, I would bring them all, consolidate them, and roll them into one self directed IRA. And uh, you'd be shocked. Um, I think our biggest case was that somebody had nine 401ks from nine prior employers. And, you know, some of them weren't that big. Maybe one was 8,000, you know, 12,000. I'll add it up, though, it was well over six figures. So uh, it does matter. And you won't have the freedom to choose those investments unless you get it self-directed. I would assume you both agree it's now. Now, now, now. And again, call our office, 775 588 9200 to uh, get that help.
4: All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Next question. Um, if you primarily work out of your LLC, how do you fund the insurance? Is it a distribution? Are you paying yourself out of the LLC? How does
3: that work?
1: Jason. You're on mute there.
3: So you have, see, that was a. Uh... You have an LC. Well, it all depends on how you're going to hold that insurance. For the most part, you want to hold the insurance outside of the entity initially for the fact, particularly if you have a business, that business could have a lawsuit go against that and it can be attached to the assets within the life insurance policy. So you want to hold that yourself. And now that insurance could be held inside of a trust that's going on with what Scott's talking about. And when... The LLC, you want to, in a sense, make it have the LLC pay the premiums or invest the premiums for you. That would be a distribution. You want to take that in the least amount of tax possible, depending on your tax bracket, depending on net capital gains, whatever it is. You want to take that so that becomes a taxable event to you, and then you would invest that premium. Uh, and Therefore, it also puts you in a position then to be a financing arm for the LLC or whatever the business is. And there's a whole bunch of cool things you can do there. Scott can set up some other in- entities where it makes you know additional tax deductions. There's a lot of cool things can happen where you end up being very little tax. So that's that's my recommendation. Scott, would you say anything different?
2: No, I mean, that 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 pretty well covers it is, yeah, you would, you know, if it is going to be covering those premiums, it will be considered a distribution. This question actually comes up a lot. I'm glad that that it came up right now is who covers my life insurance, you know. Well, technically, that's for the benefit of your family, not for the benefit of the business. It's for the benefit of the family. So you should be covering that. Now, if there's a key man policy in place, that's typically for the benefit of the business and the company would be covering it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, again, there are ways of being able to uh, to write it off through the company. And I would 100% echo what you just said,
4: Jason.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right, Steve, one more question.
4: Right. awesome. Um can you uh can you assign a trust to yourself? Meaning is it effective as having an LLC? Why or why not?
1: Nope. No, the trust is different. Scott, go ahead and take that.
4: Yeah. So the, it, the
2: trust is used for the estate planning purposes. So it's the for the benefit, uh, you know, of the grantor or the the yeah, the grantor to be able to pass the assets on to the beneficiaries and avoid the probate process. So can you become the beneficiary of the trust? There are trusts that you could set up where you would become the beneficiary. However, when, if you're looking at it from an asset protection standpoint, you being the beneficiary of a large trust might not be the best thing. Um, but but you know, again, there's there's different types of trusts at different types of levels. If we're talking about holding a property through a trust, then we would want you know an LLC in place that would hold the property and the trust owns the LLC. I think yeah. that answers that question.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not, you aren't the owner of your, I mean, you could actually be the owner, but the beneficiaries would be your children a charity um, someone else. I mean, the goal is that it passes through, you know, you avoid probate and it passes on for, you know, to the next generation or you could skip the generation and, it's called generational skipping and just put it straight to your grandkids. I have a lot of clients that are doing that more and more frequently. Um, they're kind of giving up on training their kids, so they're going to skip them. Um, and so, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, if you have kids and they are not coming to the big table and being a part of this and you plan on making a lot of money and handing it to a bunch of financially illiterate kids, that is not the model. Uh, like Jason's got six kids. Uh, one Scott is very active in our community and more will be coming. Um they have to be. I I mean, I don't know why you would do this if you don't want your uh, if you're not insisting that your kids get financially literate, uh, to be able to receive all those. All right, Steve, is there any one more hot question? I said a few, but we got a little time.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh this one comes from Kim, and the question is I've often heard professionals speak uh as an LLC um or I've, I've often heard professionals say that an LLC is basically a sole proprietorship. Why is that?
1: All right. So,
3: all right,
2: hang on, hang on. No. <laughs> all right. So an LLC, um, if, and I, and I talk about this a lot, if there is just one owner of an LLC, correct. When you apply for the federal tax ID number, the eyes, Or in the eyes of the IRS, it is going to be considered a sole proprietor or single-member LLC. However, if there's two or more individuals or two or more companies as the owner, it now becomes recognized in the eyes of the IRS as a partnership. So, and the LLC can actually take on different designations, such as an S election and a C corporation election, to where it becomes its own individual taxpayer. So again, yes, that would be a correct statement if you simply file the articles with the Secretary of State's office and you apply for a federal tax ID number, the LLC for tax purposes would be considered a sole proprietorship. Now, it depends on the jurisdiction in which that LLC is formed. If a single member LLC would be recognized for protection If there's a liability brought against the company itself. So uh, uh, there's that's a vague statement to say all LLCs are sole proprietors. There's a lot of different techniques that you can use to change the tax elections and ensure that the company will provide liability protection.
1: All right. So again, financial checkups are critical. They're imperative um, for you to have gone this far in this lifestyle to set stuff up. Mm -hmm. Now it's just maintenance, keeping it up. Uh, Both of these gentlemen will help you in the maintenance side of it. You have to show up to sign docs and make decisions because it's your life. So make sure, again, the phone numbers are in the chat. And um, again, for Jason, it is, I'll let you read it out loud. And Scott, go ahead and read yours out loud to wrap up one more time. 435-764-1451. And Scott.
2: Perfect. And so 775-384-8124. Ask for Melissa. And she will set up a time for us to speak one-on-one.
1: Awesome. So it's been great to have you all. I hope this was informative and just, you know, these reminders. So uh, put a big star somewhere next to this one. Uh, contact both these gentlemen, get on their calendars, even if it's a few weeks out. Um, more will be coming, more just checkups as we head into the fall, and more content. Uh, remember, the beginning of September, we pushed it a little bit farther out. The uh, cryptocurrency class, if you are interested in it, call our office, 775-588-9200. And uh, our cryptocurrency class with uh, Kelly Corsick will be starting the uh, beginning of September, we pushed it a little because we had so much interest and actually more feedback. So the course is expanding. It was going to be once a week; it's not going to be twice a week, and extremely thorough—the most thorough cryptocurrency, digital currency course you will probably ever take. Uh, I am—I'm—I will be in it. My kids are in it. I think it's uh, pivotal that you understand money at the next level as we're moving towards that being uh, a currency we will use and transact by. So again, uh, make sure you do not miss that. We'll have them back one more time before that class starts. And those of you in the big table will get signed up. Um, We have booked the hotel. We are at the Hyatt Regency in Savannah, Georgia. Um, We have a hotel discount link for those of you that will be signing up. So make sure you call Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at askiws.com. Call or email him. Let him know for sure that you will be there, and he'll get you the link. Or just go to Integrated Systems. All the information is under the big table tab on uh, our website. So make sure you get signed up. It's going to be super fun. And uh, we have a lot of lifestyle stuff going around that one. Uh, So we will see you again next Mm -hmm. Tuesday, 12 noon. Every week we do an Ask Laurel broadcast. Uh, Those of you that are on the podcast, thanks for listening. Share, subscribe, uh, click that bell for the notifications. Make sure you get notified every time a new podcast comes up. We are now on iHeartRadio, by the way. So if you prefer to listen to the podcast through that channel, we are out there as well. And uh, I look forward just to continue to share and get you more financially literate week by week. Take care. Have a great Tuesday. This is Laurel. You've been listening to my podcast, Laurel's Real Money Talks. If you'd like a conversation one-on-one with one of my team members, the easiest thing to do is call my office, 775 Five eight eight nine two zero zero. Say I would like a one on one with someone on the team. The other thing you could do just to go get some gifts is go to laurel.club. L-O-R-A-L dot club. Laurel.club is a place where you can get a free ticket to my marketplace. You also can bring a guest to the marketplace, fill out a profile, and get a whole bunch of gifts that we uh, Really want to get some feedback. I want you financially literate. The biggest challenge people have isn't that they have a resistance to money. They just don't know about it. So let me help you. And you're here on this podcast, Laurel's Real Money Talks. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Visit AskLaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new
3: episodes every week.